Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? This is an interesting chapter, they all are, but you know, we're right in the middle of a confrontation. We've been looking at this confrontation with Jesus and the religious leaders of Israel for the last few weeks, and we know that it started as he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, declaring who he was, declaring that he was Mashiach, that he was Messiah, that he was the king, and then we know he, he went back to Bethany, slept on it, prayed, came back the next day, and drove the money changers out of the temple which started a lot of things. So remember, he fashioned a whip, he drove them out of the, out of the temple, and he told them that they had made their father, his father's house a den of thieves. And we looked into all of that. But then last week, we saw that they came to Jesus with two questions, really one question, two parts, but two questions, which is another thing the enemy often does, which we'll see. They came to Jesus and they wanted to know by what authority he was doing all these things. And who gave him this, this authority? Which is a trick of the enemy, right? To question God's authority and his word. It's what we saw in the Garden of Eden. Has God really said, you will not surely die? That's the trick of the enemy. And we saw that among the religious leaders of Israel. But we also saw Jesus answer them wisely and said, okay, look, I'll make you a bargain, a deal here. I'll answer your two questions if you answer my one. The baptism of John. Was it of God or is it of man? And they were fearful because they knew they'd been cornered. Because if they say it's of God, then he'll say, why didn't you believe what John said about me? But if they say if it's of man, they knew because the Pharisees were so worried about what people thought of them. They were all about outward appearance and not inward change. They were worried what the people would think about them. So they didn't answer. They chickened out. That's the King James again. They chickened it out. Um, And they just wouldn't do it. And so Jesus had them in that second. But these guys aren't going to give up. They're not going to give up. We know they're not going to give up. And so today, though, as we jump into chapter 12, there are a lot of lessons in chapter 12. There's a lot. You're going to be drinking the scripture uh, instead of through a garden hose like we did as kids. Now, you know, they say you can't do that. You know, it's horrible. You're going to die. Well, I mean... Maybe it did have adverse effects. I don't know. But some of us, we grew up drinking out of a garden hose. It's fine. But today it's going to be a fire hose. There's going to be a lot of scripture coming at you. But I think the overarching theme today, I think it's threefold. I think there are three preeminent principles in the passage today. And number one is we're going to see the value of holding to the word of God, which we talk about a lot. The value to holding to the word of God. But we're also going to see that there is a cost to rebellion. Rebellion always costs Not only that, but we're going to see the third thing is the consequences of a wayward focus. And I think that's important for us, especially living in these last days. But we're going to see those three themes a lot today as we study this out. So let's dive in. I'm just going to read the first three verses of Mark chapter 12, and then we'll go from there. Mark chapter 12, starting at verse 1. This is right after 
They question Jesus' authority, and he tells him, I'm not going to answer you because you didn't answer me. Then he, speaking of Jesus, began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a place for the wine vat, and built a tower. And he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now at vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers that he might receive some of the fruit of the vineyard from the vine dressers. Verse 3, and they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Let's pray. Father, this is your word. And Lord, we know that your word changes us. It gets inside of our hearts, our souls, our minds, Lord, and from the inside out, it changes us. It's able to divide, Lord, in ways we don't even understand. We know your word doesn't return void, and so, Lord, right now we ask that it penetrate our hearts and our minds and our souls, and that you do what you promise you will do with your word. God, help me to get out of the way and just teach your truth. God, we praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, remember, Jesus was teaching in parables to his own, to the sheep, his own sheep. He did that so that they would understand, but others would not understand, so that those wouldn't uh, heap judgment or condemnation upon themselves. But now we see Jesus is using a parable to teach these religious leaders of Israel. And why? Because he's teaching them about judgment. He's teaching them about judgment which will come against them. And here's the amazing thing. These religious leaders who should have known, who should have understood the example Jesus was using, they were blind to it. And we know this about, about uh, the Lord. You know, he's able to blind people for a season until the right time. Something's going on here because even though he's using this imagery that they would have been familiar with, the idea of a vineyard in the Old Testament is throughout the Old Testament relating to Israel. And a lot of the passages that relate to that talk about Israel's rebellion. And the passage that Jesus is drawing from is specifically about the rebellion of Israel, about the rebellion of Judah in Isaiah chapter 5. Because we know in Isaiah chapter 5, there's a whole passage, which I'll read to you some of it here shortly. But it talks about the coming judgment of Israel, of Judah, the captivity in Babylon, the 70 years, because of their rebellion. Because they rebelled against God. Because of their idolatry. And Jesus is drawing from that, and yet these religious leaders don't catch on to what he's doing right away. They're kind of blind to that. And so he teaches this parable. But we understand with the background, a little bit of background, again, this passage, Isaiah 5, which I'll read you some, leading up to the Babylonian captivity, have you guys, if you've ever studied this out, it's really amazing how rebellious Israel really was, all through the Old Testament. And, you know, it's funny because we look at that a little judgmental and we go, man, how could they be so foolish? And then we just look at our own lives and we go, wait a second. <laughs> okay. Because when you look at Israel corporately as a nation, there are a lot of lessons for you and me about the life of a Christian and about how we go back and forth, how we rebel, how we do things we shouldn't. It's just that we are given so much grace by our Lord. Now, they were too, and we're going to look at that. But we know that King uh, Jehoiakim, he, uh, he was uh, ruling over Judah when this was prophesied that Babylon would come against them. And roughly around 608 BC is when all of this happened. That's when Nebuchadnezzar came against Judah, seized Judah. But here's the thing, he spared Jehoiakim. He didn't kill him and he let him still rule to a certain capacity, but he had to report to Nebuchadnezzar. So he, he received God's grace in all of that because Israel was judged, this captivity. And this is the same time period where Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, all of them, that's the same time period, um, which we'll look at in a few weeks. But here's the thing, Jehoiakim wasn't content with God's judgment on Judah. Even though he knew it was God 
who brought Babylon, who brought them into judgment, into captivity, Jehoiakim wasn't, wasn't happy with that. And so instead of doing what he should have done, Jehoiakim then went to Egypt, which Egypt in the Old Testament is often a picture of the world, a type of the world. And sometimes we'll do that. We'll go to the world instead of going to God. Well, Jehoiakim did that. He tried to recruit Egypt to come against Babylon. It did not end well for him. And the rebellious king lost his position. But here's the thing. Then his son, Jehoiachin, don't get confused here, he was wicked and he only ruled for three months or so. And he was removed. In 597 B.C., we know that Nebuchadnezzar had to come fiercely against Judah, and he did. And if you go study this out in 2 Kings chapter 24, it tells us that Nebuchadnezzar at that point left only the poorest and the weakest in the land. So there was no worry about rebellion. And he set a man named Zedekiah over Judah to, be, to rule there, but to report to him. Now Zedekiah, of course, did the right thing. He knew this was God's judgment. He just settled in and he said, okay, we're going to receive God's judgment. No, <laughs> that's not what he did. Here's the thing. He's so much like us. He got antsy. He didn't like the fact that they were in bondage. He didn't like the fact. He didn't like what God had for him. And so what he did is he went to the prophet Jeremiah and he said, hey, intervene for us. Go to God. Talk to him. Get this worked out. So Jeremiah comes back to him and says, I'm sorry, king, but the truth is, is this, that you are under judgment and that God says, no, you are going to stay under judgment. You're going to stay under captivity of Babylon. So Zedekiah rejects it. He rejects what the true prophet of God had to say. Instead, what does he do? He goes seeking after a prophet that will tell him what he wants to hear. Do we see any of this in the church today? Itchy ears. You know, I was talking to people before service. I'm really amazed. because We're teaching through the Gospel of Mark. It's, it's not extremely um, hard and difficult at times. But yet, I guess I miss it sometimes. Because I've had a couple people... That, and they, one person told me I could talk about it as long as I didn't name his name. But a friend of mine who I invited to church, he said, man, I knew that sermon. I knew you just, you saved that up just for me. And he was pretty offended. He's like, I know. He goes, I'm not coming to church there. You're going to be preaching at me every week. The fact of the matter is, you guys know, we just teach through the Bible. And that old saying, when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one that got hit. I tried to explain to him, I really didn't know anything about your situation. I really didn't. He didn't believe me. Still doesn't believe me. We're still friends, but he still doesn't believe me. But then I've heard several times where people say that somebody was offended by something I taught. And I said, well, this is the word of God. And I think you guys know that saying, you know, the word of God, it comforts the afflicted, but it afflicts the comfortable. It's sweet and it's bitter. It's both. And that's okay. You know, we cannot have buffet Christianity. You know, I, I, I remember buffets as a kid. I loved them because you could go in there oh, and you could just load up right on whatever you wanted. And that's the way people want to live their life a lot of times in Christianity. I'll take some of that blessing and, you know, some of that favor, but judgment and uh, discipline. No, I'll leave that over there. But here's the thing. Just like the king of Israel, just like the king of Judah, Zedekiah, if we just go looking for those that will give us, you know, the itchy ear philosophy, that if we just go after the things we like, we are doing ourselves and everyone around us an injustice. Because we need both. That's what keeps us in, in line with the Lord. The Word of God is sweet and it's bitter. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, 
and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.